0: For the week of June 13th, there were no games that happened in Philadelphia, but there was always more things to talk about when it comes to the city of Brotherly Love and its sports. So, if you would allow me, I will talk and you just have to sit down, relax, and enjoy your ride here on The Orange Line. and high Welcome back to the Orange Line. I am your host, as always, Dr. Ph.D., here to break down all of the best and most important news from the MLB, MLS, NBA, NHL, NFL, NLL, and OWL, all as it pertains to the city of brotherly love sports. Um, This is the first... 7 for 7, the first and only 7 for 7 sports podcast in Philadelphia, if you weren't aware. And that just means that there's always something to talk about, even when there were no games within the week. So that's exactly what we're going to do. Starting everything off is going to be with the Philadelphia Wings. Now, RIP to the Wings season, the Wings chances. They looked pretty good this year. They had an 8-6 and six record, which is really nice, but unfortunately, the season is. Is canceled. The NLL isn't going to go through with it. The coronavirus seemed to take too big of a hit on the league that was already very small. So, unfortunately, they were not able to go through with the rest of the season, which is unfortunate. I do know that there's going to be an NLL uh, party. I I don't know what it was. it It seems like it's going to be a video chat where some of the biggest players in the league, some of the oldest you know legends in the league. Will come in talk about their experiences, talk about playing against other teams, talk about playing lacrosse. Uh, should be a fun time, so that is something that you can look forward to in the future. But with that being said, the next team I want to talk about is the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles, they are in pretty much their off season. I don't think too many things changed now. They're considering changing how the league works because of coronavirus. That's going to be a theme for a very long time for right now um but yeah the Eagles just don't really seem to have too much going for them I know uh a lot of people are advocating for the Black Lives movement and uh that is absolutely wonderful I know Desaun Jackson had made cleats that are going to be honoring George Floyd that he's going to be wearing for the season I know uh Rodney McLeod he said that uh he and a lot of other players on the team are going to be taking uh, a knee during the National Anthem. Uh, so in terms of all of that, there's a lot going on. In terms of uh, actual football being played, nothing quite yet. I know training camps are coming up. The one thing, though, that's very interesting is the uh, NFL is trying to decide if they want to shorten the preseason to two games, and I know a lot of people are out there going... Why even have a preseason to begin with? Well, I mean, you want to shake the rust off, but at the same time, all of your star players aren't going to play. I understand the argument on both sides. I'm just reporting everything. But that's it for the Eagles. Um, I do know that Carson Wentz also had a private practice, had some of the uh, wide receivers on his core there. Uh, That's going to be uh, Jalen Rieger. He's one of the uh, the new wide receivers that came from this draft. A lot of people are a little iffy on. I'm very uh, optimistic in terms of how this guy, how this team is going to perform, so I hope that he does very well, but we're only going to be able to tell once the actual season is started. Um, also there is going to be uh, Kel Watkins, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Greg Ward, our boy. Um... So a lot of people are involved, and Carson Wentz really wants to get his uh, his tosses in, wants to build a rapport with the wide receivers. Gotta love the stuff from Wentz there. But like I said, that's about it for the Philadelphia Eagles. So why don't we just move on to the next one, and I guess I'll do the Fusion. The Fusion didn't have anything going on this week. The only thing that was announced is... Uh, hero bands for the next two weeks, the first two weeks of the, I won't say Invitational, they're holding a tournament at the end of June, and there's three weeks leading into it to see Placent in the tournament, so that's what uh, these hero pools, these hero bands are actually going to be for the next two weeks. If you can't see it, it's going to say Echo, Sombra, Diva, and Brig, which I think totally eliminates the dive composition um, and things are going to be uh, a little interesting for the Fusion when they play on Sunday. I was watching some of the games on Saturday, and it seemed like they were running a double shield meta, which I think is very good. It's one of my favorite metas. Um, a lot of poke damage and uh, you know, a bit of uh, slower fights unless a tank is down. Then things can kind of steamroll from there. But in terms of Philadelphia Fusion play, that hasn't happened for this week yet. We have to wait until Sunday. Not that bad, though. Um, There was one thing that came up. They held a contest uh, just within the team to see who had the best aim. I know that's something that's talked about a lot in the league. A lot of people assume that it's going to be Carpe or one of the DPS players because they have hit scan and they have all these different kinds of shots, flick shots and whatnot. To see who's actually you know the best aim. But coming out on top is actually Sato, our main tank. Uh, the boy who's been killing it. All those stonks going up. Um, surprisingly enough, he had the best score in terms of speed, accuracy. So good for him. Uh, but obviously Carpe, EQO, Ivy. Some of these players that are known for their incredible DPS um, acumen. They are also at the top of the leaderboard, so you can't really discredit them. But that's about it for the Philadelphia Fusion. I know I feel like I'm running through things so quickly, but I promise things are coming, which is fantastic. One of those things that's coming is the Philadelphia Union. The MLS has decided that they are going to come back, return stronger than ever. It is fantastic. They are going to open things up on July 8th. That was the news that came out. Gotta love it. Um, They also announced that they're going to be doing a tournament to decide who the MLS Cup winner is. Um, All of the teams that are in the MLS will be playing. They are uh, split into conferences, as they usually do in playoffs, East and West. And on the East Coast, unfortunately, one of the groups has a little bit of a weird disadvantage, maybe an advantage. One of the groups has six teams in it instead of four, which the other five groups have. And unfortunately, the Philadelphia Union is in that group. Um, that group being the Orlando team, Miami, NYC, FC. There's also Nashville and Chicago. Nashville and uh, Miami are actually two new teams to the league. So, so far, they've only played two games each, both lost two games each. So I don't know what that means for our playoff chances and for our chances to move on in the tournament, but I feel pretty good. We had a pretty great team last season, and uh, hopefully we can keep things going into this season. Unfortunately, right now, our record uh, before the cancellation of the season, the suspension of the season, I should say, uh, is 0-1-1. So one loss, one draw. Not exactly what I want to see, but that was months ago. Things are Different, maybe. I don't know. We have to wait and see for the tournament. Uh, one thing I do want to note, though, is that uh, from last season, the Union went 2-3-1 and one against teams that were in the league last season. Um, not a positive record, not something that makes me go, ooh, yeah, we, we really got a chance. But it does show that we do have the capacity to beat them. We didn't play all of these teams quite so much. Some of the other groups we had way better records against but I feel like overall this is uh, not the strongest group, and I feel like we actually have a pretty decent chance of moving forward. NYFC is a uh, NYCFC, I should say, is a very good team. So I imagine that they might be uh, taking one of the top two spots. And I think the breakdown is it's going to be the top two spots uh, from all of the groups, and then the top two teams after that. So any any team that's in, but I I. I don't really know. I can't predict the pu- the future, but I think the union have a very, very, very decent chance of being able to make it into uh, the next stage of the tournament, and we can hope so because I do love more soccer and uh, I do love more competition at the highest level. Speaking of which, some of that is coming back in terms of hockey. Yes! I am so excited. Um... The, uh, the Flyers, the NHL, is set to come back July 10th. That is when training camps are going to start opening up. Uh, people are going to be having group skates and being able to train for the eventual return of hockey. I think they're playing eight games and then moving into a playoff series. Um, and I think it's going to work like usual playoffs except for the eight games. The top four teams are going to be playing for seeding. And then the uh, bottom, was it 12? I don't know. Uh, The bottom teams that are going to be involved, they are going to play a five game series with the top seed versus the low seed, you know, usual tournament type stuff. Um, And they are going to figure out who is going to be playing whom in uh, the next stage of the playoffs which hopefully means that uh, the Flyers can be doing very well. One of the stats that I saw was from Jordan Hall on Twitter. Great follow. Always has some key stats. One of them is this one. The Flyers went 29-17-7 this season against all of the teams in the twenty four team field. That's in the entirety of the uh, return of hockey. So that is very good, unlike the Union's record. Um, But... I do think that uh, is really good. We have been rolling through the season. It's been a tough one because we, you know, statistically, I don't, I don't know how the stats worked out, but we were one of the favorites to actually win the Cup this year if we were all the way, all, make it all the way there. Um, so I guess that's a good thing. I guess it's really exciting to see that we have this record against those teams, and I am very excited for hockey to come back. I've been waiting. Also, a little piece, bit of piece of news. I know periodically throughout the season, the coaches, the players, they'll be voting on who thinks they deserve to uh, get which trophies. Some of them are based on actual statistics. Some of them are based on you know intangible things. Some of them are based on voting. And one of them is uh, Coach of the Year voted by other coaches. A.V., Alain Vigneault, actually leads the league. Not by much, but he leads in that polling right now, which is fantastic because he has done a bang up job with the Philadelphia Flyers. They have done way better, I think, than a lot of people were assuming they were going to going into this season. I think a lot of people were like, maybe a fringe eight team, you know, maybe they could get into the playoffs. That would be pretty good. You know, just a forward progression for this team that was kind of held back for a while with uh the old staff that was around but av has absolutely done an incredible job with this team and uh Help them get to where they are right now, which is a top-four team within the East and going into the playoffs. They're already guaranteed to be in the playoffs. It's clinched. It's a real thing. We can admit that. That is fantastic. Speaking of teams that have actually clinched for playoffs, the Sixers also did. They are going to be returning on June 30th, actually, for their training camp, so they're going to be getting things moving a little bit Quicker than some of the other leagues, I think they came to that decision a while ago. Um, but it's actually going to be fantastic to see some updates of uh, maybe some summer games, maybe some scrimmages. Um, overall, just uh, some some top-level basketball play. I always talk about that. How I love some high-caliber play at the highest level. Uh, so it's just going to be really exciting to get that basketball back. And uh, July 31st is also set to be the actual return date to play. So right now they're just going to be training. They're going to be figuring things out. Great stuff on that part. Um, Sixers, like I said, they are already in the playoffs. I think they can not go lower than the sixth seed, which is decent. I think they have the possibility to move up to potentially the third seed if they win all of their games. I think they're doing the same thing where they play. Uh, eight games because there are teams that are fringe teams to see if they're going to make the playoffs. The the M- the NBA style of like how they're doing this return to playoffs it seems a little weird to me. Like you're going to have 22 teams. That's such a weird number. 13 of those teams are on the West and nine are on the East. And like I guess that's cool. That makes sense. In a way, because these teams were close enough to be in the playoffs, but they weren't. But if you're just going to start the playoffs, why not just start with all of the teams? And like, if you're going to kind of do off of what the NHL model is, then why not have more teams and just have a play-in or something like that? I don't know. I don't really know. But I do know that it's going to be really exciting to see. What the Sixers can actually do in the playoffs, do some damage. I know we should be getting Ben Simmons back, who was injured at uh, the point the season stopped. So uh, it'll be good to see him come back. The same thing with Joel Embiid. Uh, Some of these players are uh, very key to the Sixers' success and I think potentially could be very key to uh, getting further into the playoffs. I know Joel Embiid is uh, really fiending for getting back to that spot because last year left a very sour taste in his mouth, even though they lost to the NBA champions, which I think is a little bit forgivable, but I know he really took it to heart, and that's what I appreciate in my uh, teams is that they really want to win. They take these losses to heart, and they move forward and progress and get better as a whole. So, Joel, if you're listening to this, I know you're probably not, but if you are I wish you the best. I really hope that the NBA does very well in their return to basketball. I hope the Sixers do really well in their return to basketball, and I hope you do really well in your return to basketball. Uh, The last team to talk about is the Philadelphia Phillies, and uh, they actually had um, some very interesting actual baseball-related news. They had the MLB draft this week, so we can take a little bit of a look into – Some of the players that were picked up, Uh, the first pick that we had was the 15 pick. We ended up getting a right-handed pitcher, Mick Abel, I believe his name is. Yeah, Mick Abel. Um, And he uh, seems to be really good. I think they said that his fastball hovers around 95, which is great. The thing that I saw that really impressed me is he has a disgusting sinker, a lot of movement on it. Uh, which I, th- I love as a pitch as um, someone who throws right-handed. I I always wanted to be a pitcher, so I always had you know a, a great fascination with how people throw the ball, where the ball moves, and you know spotting things like that. I have a lot of respect for catchers too, um, but this kid has a great sinker coming out of high school as well, um, so he can hopefully have a uh, a nice upbringing through the uh, Philly system, which we know is actually a very good system full of very capable players. So that's something to actually be hopeful about. The next pick that we had was the 87th pick, which I believe was in the third round. Uh, The kid's name was Casey Martin. Casey Martin. Um, And he is a shortstop. Shortstop, I saw videos of him playing third base as well. And for what I saw of him, I'm really impressed by his hand speed, uh, by his ability to turn a play, he uh, was fantastic in every clip that I've seen of him being able to pick up the ball, move it from his glove to his throwing hand, and get that ball to first base or wherever it needed to go in a timely manner. So I think that's going to be very good. I think um, the infield might be one of the you know weaker places for the Phillies. I don't think that... They're actually weak at all. I think this team's actually a great team, has the possibility of doing really well. And with the uh, inclusion of Didi Gregorius and also with uh, Joe Girardi, uh, I think this team actually has a very high ceiling of where they can go. Um, that also means that the fall could be even greater. So let's hope that uh, if MLB does end up coming back, if baseball does come back, that uh you know, they actually have a very good season. Um, as for the third pick for the Phillies, it was number 116, another right-handed pitcher, Carson Ragsdale. Um, I, didn't, I wasn't able to see too many videos of him. It's not like I'm an analyst anyway, so you can always take what I say with a grain of salt. Uh, one stat I saw, though, is that he had the fifth-highest Ks per nine innings. In all of college baseball, which is very good to me, I love strikeouts. That's one of my favorite stats in all of sports. So with um, some of these pitchers coming in, I like when they are able to strike people out. I also think it's really good to make sure people can fly out when they have to fly out. People can ground out when they have to ground out. That's a very important thing when you're a pitcher, but unfortunately for me, I think strikeouts are flashy. I think they're cool. I think they are disgusting. So i love to see more of that. If this guy can strike people out, that's exactly what I want to see. Also saw that his best pitches is a fastball. Hover's around 91-95 in between that area. So that's another good thing. Uh, hopefully he has more. I saw that he has a uh, changeup that he's apparently working on, which is good. Uh, I think that... You know, moving up through the system, once again, could be very beneficial for him. The last pick that the Phillies has was number 146. We picked an outfielder. His name is, one second, Baron Radcliffe. He wins the award for greatest name in the draft. Um, Baron is such an awesome name. And the one thing that I saw about him is that he apparently has a lot of raw power. Crazy power, which I think is awesome. And... Um, I saw a comparison to him and uh, Ryan Howard's college stats before he left, before he got drafted. They got drafted in the fifth round together. They also uh, had very similar stats in terms of their batting average, their on-base percentage, their home runs, and their strikeouts. That's another thing that they noted is that while he does have a lot of power, he does strike out a lot. He's also a giant person, I think. They said that when uh, Ryan Howard was coming into the MLB, he was 6'4", 240 pounds. This kid's like 6'3", 238. Like very uh, similarly kind of build, which I think is interesting. I think it's anecdotal. I don't know what's going to come of it, but I do love power. That's one of the reasons why I love Bryce Harper and uh, how just far he's able to jack home runs because power hitting's cool. Power hitting is like strikeouts of hitting, so why wouldn't you love it? It's flashy. It's awesome. Um, by the way, can we talk about bat flips? I think bat flips are so awesome, and I think it's just a shame that like the old people in the MLB are like, oh, you shouldn't flip the bat or have respect for the game. Like, No way. If, if I just hit a 500-foot home run, I'm never going to hit a 500-foot home run. But if I do that, I'm going to be fucking excited. I'm going to flip that bat and I'm going to point and laugh at the pitcher. And yeah, I'll probably get hit my next at bat. That's fine. I'm okay with that. You have to understand the repercussions of the game. Bring back the contact in this non-contact sport because I think it's really exciting. I think it adds another variable which makes these subpar athletes, in my opinion, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't rag on them. They're probably way more athletic than me. But I just think I think adding a physical element to the game is interesting. It's fun. I'm okay with these hard slides into second that really aren't going to second. I like the contact at the plate. That's just me. I don't have an old-school mentality, but those are things that I appreciate. Let me know what you think, actually, in the comments below um, in terms of uh, you know where you think the MLB is going, where you think it should go. Because there's a lot of things that are able to ponder. One of those things being able to ponder is... Uh, is the season going to fucking happen or not? Because right now, it really doesn't seem like it. Just last night, I was trying to keep up with everything throughout the week. There was this offer, but that got shut down. And then there, there was this offer, but that was pretty much the same as that one. But this one was worded a little bit differently with fewer games, but more money. But like that money is actually the same as that money. So, you know, they said no to that one. So then there was another offer. It was hard to keep up for a while. And then I know Saturday it came down to the MLB has laid this offer down. This is their last offer. They said, guys, we're really tired of your nonsense. This is the one. And the MLB Players Association looked at it. They said, nah, fam, this ain't it. And uh, they said no. They rejected the offer, but they did say, just tell us when to play, where to go, and we'll do it. So they want to work things out. They want to play baseball, which I appreciate, but they just can't figure things out. Now, I'm sure everyone has an opinion about this. My opinion, I think I told you last week, but my opinion right now is that I don't understand why the owners would pay their full salary. That's just my opinion. You know, if you're playing 50 games when you would usually play 162, I think it's a little unfair to go, well, I mean, even though per game I would make, you know, $300,000, like... I think I should be making like $900,000. I get it. You signed a contract, you feel like you're owed this money, but at the same time, you're doing a fraction of the work. And I know you can say, oh, there's the risk of getting coronavirus. There's a risk of getting sick. Well, yes, there's also the risk of doing that if you go out to get a steak on a Friday night. So I don't think that that's necessarily a fair argument, but at the same time... The owners should just pay them. The owners have billions of dollars. They have millions of dollars. These guys are working for you f- to entertain the world, which then brings more money back to you. So, I think it would be a smart move if the owners just paid the 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 teams. If they just played the pl- If they just paid the players. But at the same time, at the very same time, I think the players should be like, you know what? Maybe we. should. Maybe we should just, you know, take a little bit of a pay cut. I mean, Bryce Harper's getting paid, what, like $330 million for 13 years? That's a lot of money. That's a lot of fucking money. I'm never going to see any of that money in my life, not even a portion of that money. I mean, it's not like it would come to me, but I'm never going to see that much money in my bank account. So, I just think... It's a little ridiculous. I don't know. I think athletes are a little overpaid. Again, just my opinion. Let me know yours. Um, but that does wrap up all of the seven teams in Philadelphia. Um, and as for the things that are coming in the next week, the only thing I know for certain is that the Philadelphia Fusion are playing on Sunday. They are playing against the Houston Outlaws, who did not perform exceptionally well in the May Melee. They have been a fringe bottom team. In uh, the entirety of the Overwatch League. But they do have some pieces. I know Lynxer is on that team. Who has been looking to cause some absolute destruction. Throughout the league. So. I won't say it's a guarantee. The Fusion are a fantastic team. They are currently 13-1. and Which is sweet. They have the best record in the entire Overwatch League. Uh, but a lot of people are discounting them. They lost to Florida in the May Melee that hurt they only have one loss though to paris eternal who have been struggling recently um they have had moments of greatness but they are going back and forth it depends on what team they're playing we have shown that all teams we are able to keep up with florida that was a really tough one i won't lie that was a tough one it was a hard loss it hurt me deep in my soul in my heart but I think we're able to bounce back from that. I think we're going to be able to do really well. The true test of our strength is actually in two weeks when we play the San Francisco Shock, but we will get there. We have two more games to get to, and uh, the first one being on Sunday against Houston. So that is something to look forward to. That's going to be one of my picks of the week. Remember, Echo Sombra Diva Brig out for those games, so it's going to be interesting to see what the Fusion run. In terms of other picks of the week, the second one's going to be for the Philadelphia Phillies, really just baseball as a whole. I think um, you know it's it's going to be tough to see what the MLB, the players are going to do, what everyone's going to do, what you know, baseball Twitter is going to react to. A um, lot of things to consider, and I think uh, it should be pretty good in terms of baseball, if it happens, but we just have to wait and see if it happens. So, be on the lookout for some more news about what is going to happen with the MLB 2020 season. Um, and for the last pick of the week tonight... I'm recording this on Sunday, by the way. Tonight is actually going to be WWE Backlash. I'm sure everyone knows that I am a WWE, a professional wrestling fan. It's just something that's really fun. It's one of the pieces of sports entertainment that has been consistent through all of the coronavirus. So it's very appreciative that I still have this form of entertainment. It's been very nice to watch. The product has been decent. I know there's a lot of detractors out there, but I think it's something that's worth watching. So if you're listening to this right now, go watch Backlash. Enjoy some sports entertainment. That's what it's for, man. It's going to be a great time. And that being said, I hope everyone is doing fantastically. I hope everyone is great. Please keep fighting the good fight. Remember Black Lives Matter. Remember everyone is very important and that you should love one another all the time. And with that being said, friends, thank you so much for listening. If you would like to, go follow the podcast on Twitter. It's going to be at Orange Pod. Follow me on Twitter as well, at Dr. Ph.D., D-O-C-P-E-R-P-H-D. I love you. Have a great day. Enjoy sports.